0: from the White House website. For biotechnology and biomanufacturing to help us achieve our societal goals, the United States needs to invest in foundational scientific capabilities. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology In the same way we write software and program computers, unlock the power of biological data, including through computing tools and artificial intelligence, and advance the science of scale-up production while reducing the obstacles for commercialization so that innovative technologies and products can reach markets faster. Do you remember... When back in the radio show days, I said, Bill Gates views us as devices. He views us as an installed user base. The operating system that exists being our DNA. He views himself as the creator of the apps. The first entity to control the language that communicates between the apps and our innate OS, as Bill sees it, our innate operating systems controls the future. Why is the White House stating that our genes... Must be exploited by people like Bill Gates. The Todd Herman Show is
1: 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City exile, Todd Herman.
0: Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Thank you to Bulwark Capital Management at KnowYourRiskRadio.com. It's a simple fact. We wouldn't be anywhere near where we are at without Bulwark Capital Management. In my judgment, it's also a fact that their focus on risk management, it's the only way to be secure today. It's KnowYourRiskRadio.com. I'm going to just do this real quick because there's so much to get into here. This is an ad that is running in the New York metropolitan media markets. It's a video ad. I will tell you that it is a very expensive video ad because it combines real-life activity with animation. It's very expensive. And to buy any media... In New York is hugely expensive Listen to the topic of the ad
1: I've been into fashion since I can remember But one day I had a stomachache so bad I didn't want to do anything The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart It was severely swollen Something called myocarditis But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat They saved me So now I can become the next great fashion
0: designer. Myocarditis in children. Headline A whole bunch of AP articles running this weekend. Wouldn't you know it? Darn the luck. You know what's causing myocarditis in kids? It's pollution. Because there's never been pollution before. Remember, it had been. The cold weather. Then it was the hot weather. Oh, there's this. It was the lockdowns that caused it. Bill Gates spent $360 billion. No, pardon me. That's, that's far too high. $360 million to purchase media coverage for himself as the giver of vaccine life. That piece I read from the website of the White House, that is a real piece. This is a real presidential proclamation. Now, the figurehead doesn't understand word one within it. The figurehead didn't write it. Perhaps his chief science officer wrote it. This is right in line with what Tony Fauci said needed to be done. Remember the essay that Fauci wrote saying that we need to change everything about how we live, including where we live? Do you remember this? Including what we eat? Do you remember this? Our relationship with nature. Do you remember this? I beg you to think back to our coverage of this. Remember the audio I play? of Why don't we blow it up? The technocrats saying about the vaccine system, why don't we blow it up? I beg you to remember the collection of things we have played from the World Economic Forum. I beg you to remember the collection of things I have played with the Pfizer boss saying these are gene sequencing technologies. I beg you to reflect on that ad that they're running to cover up myocarditis in kids and make money off of the problem they caused. None of this has been about healthcare. None of this has been about saving lives. None of this has been about conquering a virus. It's self-evident. And the more we learn, the more the insane becomes real. I'm aware that there is, and I've been aware for three years that Bill Gates has a patent, or at least participates in the ownership of a patent, of an enzyme called uh, Lucifer Ease. Lucifer parades himself as a being of light. In fact, he's pure darkness. Hence, you could say, oh, well, we're just using the phrase Lucifer for light. Okay, right. <laughs> Are the people that invented this unaware of the the religious connotation of the word Lucifer? Do they name it this way to troll us? Oh, look at the crazy Christians. Oh, they're saying that we're injecting themselves them them, them with stuff that glows just because we named it Lucifer. Uh, What fun is being evil if you don't show people what you're doing? Luciferese is, in fact, an enzyme. Dr. Paul Alexander, one of the few people who write at this, and and he's been right about nearly everything. I stayed away from the Luciferese stuff. Me, I'm the grenade thrower, right? He writes, what is this? What is the link between luciferase, glowing bioluminescence this enzyme hydrogels and the covid injections? Is this a way to track people's medical data to track you to to look at the legal agreement that big pharma companies allegedly forced nation states to sign in order to get the new covid vaccines indemnification clauses would you sign this madness? Do you remember last week? I played the sounds from the EU with this gentleman from Romania questioning the big pharma bosses, showing them the contracts they provided that were un- that were completely redacted. Completely redacted. This is Paul Alexander writing, doctor who used to work in HHS for President Trump. More on luciferase, the enzyme that causes bioluminescence, making this substance glow, basically. So you can tag the substance, for example, the proteins and then track it. The question is, were you told that this enzyme is in the vaccines? Were you told that? Despite this, however, one obstacle to the deployment of Moderna's vaccine is the method of delivery. While Moderna is developing its own system, it's unlikely to get the FDA approval anytime soon. Enter Profusa, which is developing a nanoscale biochip that can detect symptoms of an infection. Profusa's biochip is made up is using a, a technology called hydrogels that were the product of the in vivo nano platforms a program that DARPA's Biological Technology Office launched in 2014 to develop implantable nanotechnologies these nano these hydrogels are soft flexible nano machines that are injected beneath the skin to perform monitoring This hydrogel includes a specially engineered molecule that sends a fluorescent signal outside the body when it begins to fight infection. This signal can then be detected by a sensor attached to the skin that can be sent to an app or even to a doctor's website. Why is the U.S. military working with vaccine companies to create microchips, that's hydrogels or nanotech, that will send fluorescent signals, that's luciferase, detected by an app on your smartphone? When did DARPA get involved in public health policy? When indeed. Oh, let's just think through this a little bit. What happens with your body when it's fighting an infection? Temperature goes up. You know what else your temperature goes up when you're lying? When you're nervous. You know what else is could be programmed for anything? Oh, you're running low on your vaccines. How do you know? Oh, you're glowing. Oh, you, you didn't get injected with the permission injection. How do you know? You're glowing. Anyone who thinks the end game isn't complete and under control, I beg you to ask, were you told? I, I, I beg you to, to consider, were you told about this stuff? Or like me, did you think, okay, yes, the mRNA is garbage. Yes, it's not. These are not vaccines. Uh, yes, there is, (laughs) there, there is definitely a hidden agenda going on here. No, the lockdowns aren't about healthcare. No, the masks aren't about healthcare. Hey, what about the Luciferese? And I would say to my friends, oh, you know what? I have to be so careful because I'm already so out there. You guys, I'm already saying things that I have people cautioning me and I'm being told you can't say this or that. And I can't go out and talk about Luciferese. Well, there there's the patents. And isn't it fascinating that pharmaceutical companies can force nation states to sign agreements. There was a guy who worked for Boris Johnson. And his name is Don Cummings. He was a chief advisor to Boris Johnson. He has the most fascinating thing to say. And I I you know, this stuff is just still continuing to, to, to dribble out. And I was unaware of this particular clip. And what he says here is a dead giveaway for why these guys agreed to inject people with this stuff. I learned about it through Majid Nawaz. And Najid writes an article called The Calling at his substack quote government publishes horrific ons figures on covid vaccine deaths one in 482 dead within a month one in 246 dead within 60 days one in 73 dead by may 2022 now incidentally let's be careful with this because a lot of older people got injected with the with the you know the covid clot shots so they probably would have died anyway let's be careful to not say it's that's the numbers Right. There is obviously uh, there's risk stratification and also age stratification here. The UK Office for National Statistics reports mass death post vaccine. The UK Office for National Statistics reported alarming mass death figures following the so-called vaccines. It's backed up and fully referenced and it's linked in the show notes. If you want to look at it, the expose wrote about it. And what is interesting, though, we put aside the age thing. We've acknowledged that that older people die. Everybody dies eventually. He publishes a, a chart: the overall numbers of death following COVID nineteen so-called vaccination in England between first of January twenty twenty one and thirty first May twenty twenty two, based on the figures provided by ONS. Oh, look at this: the non COVID nineteen deaths are about the number as uh, same number as. All deaths. So very few of the deaths are COVID-19 related. But then there's this. Do you know what the biggest difference is? Injection status. The more often you were injected, the more likely you were to have died. So this guy, Don Cummings... Talks here about um, a, a, a group of people who came to say, "Why don't we blow it up?" You guys remember that that net montage I've played on this program? Why don't we just blow it up? Well, uh, we've been making vaccines uh, with eggs. Remember that? Here's Don Commons.
2: Don't necessarily stick to it. People like Bill Gates and that kind of network were saying, um, so essentially what happened is there's a network of people, Bill Gates type people, who are saying completely rethink the whole paradigm of how you do this. Build everything in, build in parallel, here is the science thing, here is the manufacturing thing, here's the distribution, here's the supply, here's logistics, here's the data. The normal thing is you kind of to do, do, do those sequentially. What Bill Gates and people like that were saying to me and to others in Number 10 was, you need to think of this much more like some of the classic programs of the past, the Manhattan Project in World War II, the Apollo program, build it all in parallel. Now, in normal government accounting terms, this is completely crazy, because if nothing works out, you've spent literally billions building all of these things up. And then at the, the end of the result, is nothing, you get zero for it, it's all waste. But what Bill Gates and people were saying or what Patrick Vallance and, and Patrick's team were saying was, the actual expected return on this is so high that even if it does turn out to be all wasted billions, it's still a good gamble.
0: This is poker thinking. This is poker thinking. And this is one of the big differences between the real world and Bill Gates's world. A billion dollar bet for Bill Gates is nothing. It's like you or me betting a hundred bucks or yeah, a hundred bucks. Oh, well Herman, he only has $60 billion. He earns billions. He could pop a billion dollars into a savings account and have millions coming at him every month, if not more often. The numbers they play with don't make sense to the rest of us. But if you're the big stack at a poker table, okay, and you're sitting on, let's say you're sitting on 250 grand in chips, and everybody else in the table is sitting at 20 grand or 30 grand, you can, every single time, every single hand, you can make people go all in and it's not going to affect you that much. And when you're looking at something in your hand and you say, all right, um, on the table, uh, I, 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 you know, you're playing Texas Hold'em. Oh, let's see. I'm four cards into a, uh, straight, uh, but I've got three of a kind. Okay. I- I'll go all in. It's a good bet. I mean, you're playing Texas Hold'em and you open with two aces. <laughs> Anything you do at that point is a good bet. Because the, the, the payoff, you know, if you're looking at the pots and you've got 250 grand and the pot is 30 grand, who cares? If the pot's 100 grand, it's called pot odds. What can you win topside? This is what's running things. Bill Gates thinks of you as a computer. He thinks of the DNA the Lord made as an operating system. He thinks of himself as writing what would be maybe the equivalent of HTML or Java. For those who understand old tech, the way I understand old-fashioned technology. This is the transcription layer, the translation layer between our DNA and the code that he wants to write, which is the function that the mRNA appears to be playing. Oh, and remember that piece I used to play? Because I think that clip is going to make a lot more sense. Even if you've heard it before, as we begin to understand the context we've been talking about is, is very real. And to believe that people who can do this to our bodies would not do this to our bodies would mean that people who can perform abortions wouldn't perform abortions. It would mean that people hadn't tested radioactive isotopes in kids' school milk, and they did. It would mean that the Tuskegee experiment didn't happen, but it did. It would mean that the Holocaust didn't occur, and yet the Holocaust occurred. We are a broken species. We have a sin problem. And there are some people who have practiced sin so often, they've gotten so good at it that it has become to define their actions. They have been so seduced by the treasures of this world, so seduced by by stacking up treasures on earth that they've ignored treasures in heaven. These things have been so seductive to them. They have been in a position now where they can purchase everything that they could ever dream of having. And it's simply no longer enough for them that they have to continue conquest. They have to continue to amass control. They they've become addicted to this. And the fact is, they control nothing. They're being given the ability to steward power, and they are failing enormously. And all of the plans they create. Right? Yes, they're catching some people in their web. Yes, far too many people took the need to these injections. Far too many of our friends and neighbors. Are going to do this again but the lord has always told us that the the path is narrow and the way is hard and it's why we ground ourselves so consistently in truth and stand on the foundation of god's truth because it is on god's truth this rock on which we can stand that makes it so very hard for lies of this magnitude to penetrate into us It's vital that we concentrate on that. I'll play that clip when we come back. It's an important thing now because the context is sitting here right right here in front of us. And then Josh Hawley with an enormously important exchange with a guy from Facebook. Enormously important. Also, while we get to that. Hey, in these times, as we're talking about this, I was just thinking about the seduction that some people uh, give into in relation to material goods. And of course, that brought to mind my friend, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. Now, Zach, I don't, I don't think Zach's a billionaire. In fact, I know he's not a billionaire. I mean, he's done well and Bulwark Capital Management has done well. And they do well by doing good. Oh, look at that. They do good by doing well. Um, Zach has 90% of the net worth of his whole family. He and his wife and his kids, 90% of their net worth is tied up in their firm. That's how much skin they have in the game. That's pretty enormous. They steward other people's money. They steward my money. They steward other people's money. And the way they approach this is risk management. If you are five to 10 years out from retirement, you are in the riskiest possible time to retire because a 25% hit to your portfolio could be hugely problematic in terms of being able to retire. Their focus on risk management means that they have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. We were talking about the the poker phenomena. They don't gamble with your money, but they have hedges upon hedges. If they're long on this, they're short on this. And if they're short on that, they're long on this. They are spread out that way because there is this old way of doing things, the 60-40 stock bond mix. That doesn't make any sense in a rigged world, in a rigged financial system. And Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer, of Bulwark Capital Management is very serious about telling us about the rig system and very serious about telling us that, you know what? The, 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 the crisis of energy in Europe, which I consider to be a manufactured crisis, Zach has told us, he thinks, he, he says that is gonna lead indirectly to deaths and maybe even directly to deaths. Risk, you're living in it. Get in touch with Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. People who will steward your money with risk management at the hearth, Bulwark Capital Management. You can also go to knowyourriskradio.com. K-N-O-W. knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given with a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Chuck Financial, LLC, and SEC-registered investment advisor.
2: system
0: up? I mean, obviously we can't just turn off the spigot on the system we have and then say hey, everyone in the world should get this new vaccine we haven't
2: given to anyone yet but there must be some way that we grow vaccines mostly in eggs the way we did in 1947.
1: In order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be you know, beneficial, I mean, we've done well with that, to something that has to be much better. Uh, You have to prove that this works, and then you've gotta go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is gonna be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is gonna take a decade.
0: There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's not beholden to bureaucratic strings and and, and processes. So we
1: really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza and it's gonna be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, We're going to address the problem in a disruptive way and in an iterative way because you do need both.
3: But it is not
0: too crazy to think that an outbreak of a novel avian
1: virus could occur in in China somewhere. We could get the RNA sequence from
0: that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer. With the exception of the patch, they did all of it. They blew the system up. They got away from the eggs. They had entities that were exciting outside the government. There's a
2: network of people, Bill Gates type people, who are saying completely rethink the whole paradigm of how you do this. Build everything in, build in parallel.
0: And then it goes on to talk about the great bet. It's still a good bet. You We're chips. We are the pot. In the poker game, Bill is looking at winning the entire pot. All of it. The whole world. Truly, Bill Gates and his compatriots and good friends in the Chinese Communist Party and his grifting buddy, Tony Fauci, and that entire gaggle of psychopaths and, and people doing incredible evil in the poker game, it's Gates's money versus some other people's money. And what's the pot they're betting on? Controlling all of humanity. That's worth some big bets. It's not just about so called vaccines. Senator Ron Johnson talking to Facebook executive Chris Cox about Facebook's decision. To shut down doctors and scientists who questioned
4: the party's COVID narrative. So obviously this was just, this was published and they were publishing other similar information during that time period when President Biden lied to the American public that this was a pandemic of the unvaxxed. And if you got vaccinated, you're not going to get, you're not going to go to the hospital. You're not going to be in ICU unit and you're not going to die well. 63.5% 63.5% of the people fully vaccinated were dying in England at the exact same time. Why didn't you pull this? Have you ever labeled the President of the United States' comment as, a, as misinformation? Have you ever done that? Any of you? I'll take that as a no. So, again, I, I just wonder who are the authorities? Who do you think you are? To censor information from eminently qualified doctors who had the courage and compassion to treat COVID patients, when the NIH guideline was basically, if you get te- if you test positive for COVID, COVID, go home, be afraid, isolate yourself, don't do anything until you're so sick, we'll send you to the hospital, we'll give you remdesivir, where we have 1,600 deaths so far, we'll put you on a vent and we'll watch you die you guys bear a fair fair amount of responsibility for hundreds of thousands of people not being treated and I would say probably dying that didn't have to die. Hope you're proud of yourselves. By the way, he's making the case I've been
0: making. Facebook is suable. We're not allowed to sue the injection companies unless we can get an honest judge to admit the fact that people were shot up with the injections that never existed. The emergency youth authorization, the thing that they gave, that EUA, emergency youth authorization, doesn't exist. That drug has never been used in the United States. What's been shoved into people's arms never got approval. Furthermore, no one. Has received informed consent. If you weren't told that, hey, you might be getting shot up with Luciferes. You didn't get informed consent. They're still not telling people about the myocarditis risks. Oh, by the way, Ethical Skeptic has been tracking the data, as you know, the death reporting data. It's cancer. It's blowing up. It's the same thing that we heard. It's the same signals we've been looking at. And this is this this is Ethical Skeptic bringing in this government data and that government data and private data. He's been bringing this in for some time. The daily skeptics reporting the same thing. They're reporting the same growth in cancer deaths. Here's some of the figures from Dr. McCullough on life expectancy. According to the latest statistics, the life expectancy in the United States dropped precipitously in 2020 and 2021. In 2019, the average lifespan of Americans of all ethnicities was 79 years. By the end of 2021, life expectancy dropped to 76, a loss of nearly three years. Even small declines in life expectancy of a tenth or two tenths of a year mean that at a population level, more people are dying prematurely than when they really should be. Native Americans and Alaska Natives have the highest rate of diabetes out of any ethnic group 1 in 7, and obesity is quite common. Both of these conditions have been identified as comorbidities that make you susceptible to to serious COVID-19 infections. Aside from COVID, causes of death listed as contributors to this loss of life expectancy include accidental deaths, drug overdoses, heart disease, chronic liver disease, However, excess deaths from all causes are wildly elevated across age groups. We've talked about this. We talked about the Israeli data where Israel was hiding the facts about these injections. We have talked at length about all of this. The CDC has admitted It is not releasing the full data. They've admitted, yeah, we've been monitoring the safety of the so-called injections, but we're not going to release that data to you because they don't want us to have that data. And there are medical providers who are waking up. We'll get to this. Also, this piece from Josh Hawley, it's the longest piece I've ever played and perhaps uninterrupted. Although I'll probably pause it to make some points. There are people in the medical world beginning to wake up and beginning to tell the truth.
3: So I've been fighting visitation policies at the hospital that I work at for the last two years because it has been the most painful thing for me to see people be kept from their family members during critical times, um, during death. But even besides that, just when someone is in the ICU or they're in critical condition, there is nothing better than having your loved one by your side. And I've been fighting this because all I could do was imagine what I would feel like if it were my family in that bed and I was locked out. And I couldn't even fathom what I would do. And now it's happened to my family. My brother-in-law went into cardiac arrest yesterday and he's in the ICU. And he got intubated, he's being cooled, and they did a PCR test on him. He had COVID a little more than a month ago, and the PCR test came back positive, and so they locked all of us out. And my sister couldn't be with him last night. And the feeling of helplessness completely validated everything that I've been doing. All the questions that I've asked of every doctor that I work with, every administrator at the hospital that I'm at. Who are we protecting? We have never kept families away from their loved ones before for anything. Tuberculosis, SARS, MERS, H1N1. People would show up at any time of the day to be with their loved one. We would hand them an N95 mask that wasn't fitted to their face. We would take our best guess and hand them a small or a regular and send them in to be with their family because that's their choice and that should be their right And then they would come out and we would tell them to wash their hands and go about their their day and come back and they could see them again that night or tomorrow. We have never imposed such harmful policies like we are right now. And it is time for it to change. And I will keep doing everything in my power. And I hope that this inspires other people in the healthcare field to do the same. Last night, the ICU doctor told me that these policies and what they were doing because he's not intubated for COVID. They were telling me, oh, he's going to be on, you know, you're not going to be able to see him for 14 days. And I said, 14 days. He's not in respiratory distress. His PCR has nothing to do with what's going on with this cardiac arrest. And she said, the logic is beyond me. I'm just a lowly ICU doctor. Well, I'm here to tell everybody in the healthcare industry that you aren't just anything. You are human. We are all human and matters of life and death should be treated in a human way. So please, speak up. If we all questioned how nonsensical some of these policies are, they would be gone by now. But everyone's tired, I get that. But now is the time.
0: It's been the time for two years. It's been the time for two years. We'll get to Josh Hawley such an important interaction. Taking control of your health that's a thing that people say a lot. I'm going to take control of my health. In my judgment, the easiest and uh, simplest way to start with that is understanding that if food is not your medicine, then medicine will become your food. I love that. My friend Doug turned me under that quote. It's a great quote. Here's what that means to me and what I learned when I took off 150 pounds of unwanted fat in my body. We're going to eat anyway, and foods have functions. One function is mental health. The good Lord invented all the ingredients for us to, to have foods that we love. I went out to dinner, wonderful, and a vegan dinner, I might add, uh, with my beloved daughter uh, this past weekend. And it's a fantastic place. It had all sorts of foods and I ate me an ice cream sandwich and it was fantastic vegan ice cream. I'm not going to lie. And the cookie on it, oh, so good. Ginger and cinnamon and I, I picked out. Now I plan for things like that because I have taught myself, well, that's not true. I was coached into how to plan for a night like that and do it the right way, right? So part of this is joy and being able to have that joy. Food performs a mental health function. It's a bonding function right? You look biblically, we break bread together. Now, I don't eat a lot of bread or night like that. Yeah, I'll break a rule, break a tendency, break a preference. But there's also the fact that it fuels our body. And this was a major change. When I went through the process of losing 150 pounds of unwanted fat, what I think is a miraculous thing happened. Where I had been putting in junk fuel, my body relearned how to love great fuel. It relearned how to love lean meats. And by the way, I never stopped liking meats, but now I loved them. (laughs) My body recalibrated to the point of having a, a plate of eggs. I could sit there and say, this is how the Lord designed this stuff to this day. I eat fresh blueberries and I marvel at them or something like peanut butter. It's just peanuts and salt. So the recalibration of our bodies to be able to treat food as our medicine, that is the thing that sustains us and grows muscle and helps us sleep, is one of the most enormously helpful things about the Soda Weight Loss Protocol. It's that reset Yes, they kick your body into fat burning mode. Yes, they goose your metabolism by when you eat. Yes, the plans are all designed individually. Yes, they've got these great, great meditation audio systems or audio programs for Christian meditation. Please don't do other than Christian meditation. And Soda Weight Loss has the track record of success that matters to me. When they reached out to us and said, please introduce us to your listeners I did the investigation. 7000 Google reviews, average 4.8 out of 5 stars. And now person after person after person loved ones, new friends, podcast family members having tremendous success. It's soda weight loss S O T A weightloss.com. sodaweightloss.com. Make sure it's soda weight loss. It'll say it right there S O T A weightloss.com stands for state of the art. Senator Josh Hawley had a conversation with a Facebook executive named Chris Cox. Facebook is famous for hiring people who used to work in politics, who used to work for Barack Hussein Obama. mm -mm -mm, God bless Rush. Because they know how the game is played. Now, in the defense of Chris Cox, I I think that Chris Cox actually, in this instance, came came across pretty honest and in that is the story as holly wraps up we learn that chris cox has absolutely no problem with his company spying on americans for political points of view his company doesn't like he has no personal issue with his company disappearing the words of doctors and scientists if it goes against the party line it shows that chris cox in my judgment is a product of silicon valley where they're making their own gods uh mr cox i know that facebook
5: has said in the past that it's their position as a private company you're not subject to the first amendment i I assume that hasn't changed is that right
6: that's correct senator
5: But uh, the United States government is subject to the First Amendment. I think we can probably all agree on. Hopefully we can. Hopefully that's still true in this country. Um, Is it appropriate for Facebook to work with the United States government to avoid the First Amendment, help the US government avoid the First Amendment?
6: Uh, Senator, we do think it is uh, sometimes appropriate to be in contact with government and with government organizations.
5: To help them avoid the First Amendment?
6: Senator, I'm not sure what what specifically you're referring to. Mm. Well, let
5: me ask you this. Do you think it's appropriate to work with the United States government to target private individual speech that is constitutionally protected?
6: Senator, I'm not aware of of that.
5: Mm. Well, let um, let me educate you on july 16 2021 facebook an employee at facebook wrote to the department of health and human services saying and i quote i know our teams met today to better understand the scope of what the white house expects from us on misinformation going forward on july 23rd 2021 a facebook employee thanked hhs quote for taking the time to meet earlier today and wanted to make sure you saw the steps we just took this past week to adjust policies and what we are removing with respect to misinformation. This included, and I'm still quoting, increasing the strength of our demotions for COVID and vaccine related content. On April 7th, 2021, a Facebook employee thanked the CDC for responding to misinformation queries. And I quote, we'll get moving now to be able to remove all but that one claim as soon as the announcement and authorization happens. On July 28th, of this year, a Facebook employee reached out to CDC about, quote, doing a monthly misinfo debunking meeting. The CD responded, Yes, we would love to do that. I'm sure, they would. On July 20th, 2021, Clark Humphrey at the White House, who's digital director of the COVID 19 response team, emailed Dave Sumner at your company, among others, asking any way we can get this pulled down and cited a specific Instagram account. Within 46 seconds, your company responded and said, yep,
0: on it. Just a quick break. 46 seconds. When was the last time you responded to an email from your boss in 46 seconds? Last time I did that, well, last, I haven't had a boss in some time, but the last time I did that was during a launch crisis. Last time I did that was, in fact, 46 seconds. The last time I responded to that was either during a launch crisis or, nope, not true. Political war room. Washington, D.C., political war room. Not my boss, but a colleague. Political director, Gentry Collins, dear friend of mine, godly man, sent me a note saying, our phone system is down in Nevada. Can we use phone from home? I wrote back something like, on it, on my way up. That's how seriously these people take their interaction with their bosses in government. That sounds like what in
5: the law we call a pattern and practice of meeting, coordinating, and colluding with the United States government to target particular speech that no one in any of these emails alleges is incitement, which would not be constitutionally protected. No one in any of these emails alleges it directly encourages violence, which would not be constitutionally protected. So it appears to all be constitutionally protected speech on, I might add, very politically sensitive topics that Facebook is directly working with the US government to target and remove. Is that your company policy to do this kind of thing?
6: Senator, we were, we were quite public about our uh, cooperation with uh, health organizations during the unprecedented time of COVID. We knew that people expected and wanted accurate information on our platform. We had conversations with the CDC, with the World Health Organization, and with other public health organizations, not just in the US, but abroad, in order to understand how to help sure, make sure that folks weren't getting information that could cause imminent harm.
5: Fair enough. So you're, you're saying that this, this was, in fact, company policy to have these kinds of meetings with HHS, with the CDC, with the White House directly, that you did engage in, in this behavior, and you think that it was
6: entirely fine. Is that your testimony? Senator, I do believe it's appropriate for companies like ours to be in consultation with public health organizations and with government.
5: And, and you, you can confirm that things like taking down a private Instagram account and uh, adjusting your policies at the behest of, of the White House uh, and putting into place misinformation policies at the behest of CDC, that, that those things you think are appropriate. This was company
6: policy to do so. Is that fair to say? Senator, I'm not familiar with the Instagram account specifically that you're referencing, but we do know that people expected and hoped from the platforms that we would help them get accurate information about COVID during the unprecedented time, especially at the beginning.
5: Well, isn't there a difference between you as a platform putting forward information and censoring your users at the behest of the White House, the administration more broadly, and the CDC? Isn't there a distinction there?
6: We specifically uh, wanted to work with public health experts to understand the relationship between information and behavior. And so we did consult with the CDC, the World Health Organization, and others uh, to understand how the, the platform policies we built were affecting public health. Well, you didn't, just, you didn't just consult with them to
5: understand how they affected public health. You actually censored on their behalf. I mean, you, t- you took these emails. I'm just quoting from a sample of them. Which, by the way, have been disclosed in litigation. These these emails show that you took censorship steps. You took down accounts. You planned misinformation policies. You adjusted your policies at the behest of the United States government. I mean, that that's not just some theoretical thing. That's actually targeting your users' speech. But you're you're. I appreciate your forthrightness, by the way. So, but you're
6: saying that that was, you think that's fine, and that was your policy, Senator. We. We've been public about our policies on COVID misinformation specifically, as well as on misinformation generally. And so you think there's nothing, you're not concerned about any of this. Nothing that I just read to you, you're not concerned about it at all. Respectfully, Senator, I think the balance of how to protect free expression as well as public safety is a difficult issue. But it's one we're committed to working with outside experts and publishing our work. Well, um, I appreciate you being so forthright. As I said, this is actually from
5: litigation between the state of Missouri and the state of Louisiana and the federal government. I I anticipate that your remarks under oath today are going to be very interesting and helpful to that litigation. I'll just say this. My view is, is that the United States government is bound by the First Amendment. They cannot encourage or coerce or incite or collude with a private party to get around the first amendment but you've just said to me today that that's basically what they did, that you coordinated with them repeatedly over a pattern of months and years to adjust and target your speech policies for protected speech at the behest of the United States government. I have to tell you, I've got a big problem with that. And I think
0: all your users should too. Everyone should. And we'll go right back. We'll go right back to something that man claims to be the case. That man just told us that this was all about disinformation. That man just explained to us, Chris Cox from Facebook, that this was all about disinformation. That the public expected to get from that so-called platform. It's not a platform. It's a publisher. That distinction matters that they wanted to get straight-up information so that they wouldn't harm people, that they were looking out for disinformation. Well, the fact is, Facebook to this moment, to this day, to this second, to that testimony, is still treating the World Health Organization and the CDC as honest brokers. There's also this. They did this for the Department of Homeland Security. That's not a health issue. That's not a disease issue. That's not a virus issue. That's not an injection issue. They've done it for the FBI. That's not a disease issue. That's not a virus issue. This has nothing to do with health. Just as the executive proclamation from the figurehead's office decreeing that the technocrats have to have the ability to code our bodies. It's not about health. Facebook is suable because they took this and ran it as facts.
1: There's been over a twenty to one return.
5: If you had put that money into an SP five hundred and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like 17 billion dollars, but you think it's two hundred billion dollars.
1: Here, yeah.
0: You're okay. You're not gonna you're not gonna get COVID if you have these
1: vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal.
0: Get your first shot, and
1: when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no Uh, infection going on whatsoever when people are vaccinated they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected
0: if you're vaccinated you're not going to be hospitalized you're not going to be in icu unit and you're not going to die if you are fully vaccinated you no longer need to wear a mask
6: anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities large or small without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission.
1: You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasal parents of an unvaccinated person reports from our
6: international colleagues including israel suggest increased risk of severe
1: disease amongst those vaccinated early and if you look at israel mm-hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us they are seeing a waning of immunity not only against infection but against hospitalizations and to some extent death, the booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. plan is for every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved
0: in. Clearly one of the best investments in which he's ever been involved. And Facebook continues to pretend... Those are trustworthy organizations. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making this side so very, very clear. We must pray for people who have been drawn into that side, that we ourselves must be thankful that we've not been drawn into that side. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and honestly do. Honestly, let's spend some time praising God that we didn't get sucked into this. And then... Let's recommit ourselves to never getting sucked into it by measuring everything against the word of God.